Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two men who still don't know why their sci-fi survivalist show, To Catch a Predator, didn't get picked up by Hulu. It's Chris Frodell. We're going to try it again. <laughs> and Shane Beauregard. So, Tam, whoopsie, zroop me ta. That is for our listener out in Poland. Boom. Appreciate it. Wow. I did not pick up Poland. How did I get Swahili last time and had no idea that that was Polish? Is it the accent work? It's the, ac- so. it's the accent work. I think I got the zroop me ta, but I didn't get the first one in my accent that I wanted right. to. Right. It's yeah. a work in progress. The but if you're that. in Poland, you understood what I said. What up, boys? Let's do this. Or maybe they don't. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, they do. Nobody has any idea what's going on, including myself. Uh, (laughs) The best I could say is that today we're going to cover two movies that came out over the weekend. Prey, the latest Predator sequel that came out on Hulu, uh, will be up first later on the show. We'll cover the latest David Leach movie starring Brad Pitt, Bullet Train, that was out in theaters uh, and did pretty well. It's number one. I think it made like $30 million dollars which is a pretty decent number, but for, I believe, a movie that may uh, cost $90 million to make. I thought they were uh, hoping for a little better turnout with that, but we'll see how the critics fared with that one and how these critics in front of me thought about that one as well. We'll do that later on. But first, let's start with our recent activity of Prey. All right. The internet can't stop talking about the latest Predator sequel that is on Hulu right now, Prey, directed by Dan Trachtenberg of 10 Cloverfield Lane fame. Try saying that three times fast. Also starring Amber Mid-Thunder, which I saw in The Ice Road, which I would imagine, Shane, did you see that as well? Of course I did, buddy. You know that. Of course you did. It's Liam Neeson and it's streaming, so why not, right? So Shane caught that. Chris, did you check her out in the Ice Road? I did not. I uh, I thought the Ice Road was a joke. You're a joke. <laughs> that I thought it was a spoof. I thought it was a spoof. You're a spoof. Didn't you're a spoof. Daddy's, yeah, you're a spoof. Daddy's home too. Andrew, cut his microphone <laughs> off, please. Actually, it was like mistletoe, I think. So same thing. The movie was fine. It was good. And she was, I thought she was kind of a standout. I thought she was good for someone I had never seen before. And so I'm glad uh, when I saw the trailer for Prey that she was the lead in this because I thought that was very good casting on their part. Uh, The film is about the origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Nauru, who is Amber Mid Thunder in the film, a skilled female warrior fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Uh, This is a movie that was pitched to Trackenberg and was worked on for like four years before it was announced by Disney, a.k.a. Hulu, a.k.a. whatever, uh, that whole company there. Um, This is released 35 years after the original, which if anybody's wondering where Predator is currently streaming, it's all on Hulu. All of the sequels, everything is all on Hulu, including the AVP movies, uh, which is cool uh, nerd speak for Alien vs. Predator, if you didn't pick that up. Um, But yeah, 35 years after the original, 
Trachtenberg was upset that news leaked that Prey was a Predator sequel uh, because he really wanted to do like this full ramp up with teasers that never actually mention that it's Predator movie or the Predator monster. He wanted to do this whole thing where it was like you see things in the sky, but you never really know what's going on. And then he was like going to be like a week out or whatever. He was going to like pull the ripcord and be like, ha ha, it's been a Predator movie the whole time. And then have like the internet freak out. But of course, we can't have nice things on Twitter or the internet or anywhere on this planet. So this is what we got, guys. We got Prey, uh, a movie that's doing very well uh, by critical standards. It's currently got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 70 meta score, which is quite high for a movie like this, um, 7.3 IMDb, 81% Rotten Tomato audience score, and a 3.7 on Letterboxd. After I watched this, not only did I watch Predator, because duh, um, but I also was kind of fascinated with how much this movie kind of is in one way, in a lot of ways, it's the complete opposite of the first film, right? Because it's kind of analog, because of the you know 18th century stuff. It's more simple. It's very primitive. It's sensitive to the subject and the surroundings. You know, it's not 80s culture <laughs> or 80s language in that way. You know, the first one is so 80s American. It's brash. It's loud. It's muscular. It's explosive. It's got the whole post-Vietnam jungle warfare vibe, the guerrilla warfare stuff going on. So in a lot of ways, it's the complete opposite. But I found it interesting that the movie is also pretty much a, a true sequel in the way that Predator ended it was all very much guerrilla fighting style, you know, with Schwarzenegger at the end and how that kind of went off. And this movie kind of starts that way and acts that way throughout. So I found it interesting that it's like, Exactly the spiritual sequel that a lot of people probably were looking for, but also being the complete opposite in a lot of ways of the original. Shane, I know you were like salivating for this one. This one, if you if everybody remembers correctly, uh, the top 10 most anticipated summer movies would have not even had that on the list if Shane didn't put it insanely high last minute. Uh, instead, it was definitely on the list. And Shane was going crazy for it because you are a big Predator fan. I know we all are Predator fans, but you, sir, are just like gonzo. So did this movie live up to the insane standards of one Shane Beauregard? Let me start off by saying this. I will pat myself on the back because, yes, I forgot this movie is coming out in August because it's a Hulu film. It wasn't on my original top ten, right, as you just pointed out. I put it on right. there, and thank God I did. As I like to say, this movie made my pants so tight, I had to pull them off when I was watching this movie. I watched. This is a great movie to watch naked, <laughs> by the way. Great movie. It lived up to True. all my expectations. I, I told you guys before, I love uh, Dan Trackenberg. I love what he did with 10 Cloverfield Lane. So I was comfortable with him taking on this project. And i like to give a shout out to the cinematographer because I thought that was like one of the best parts of this movie, uh, Jeff Carter. Mm. I love the way this film was shot. I like the overhead views of this film. This film was more, I don't want to say it's complex because it's not. It's a Predator movie, okay? So you know what you're going to get. But right. the storyline with uh, uh, Amanda Midhunt, Mid, Mid, I'm sorry, Midthunter, Thunder, 
uh, trying to prove herself among her peers in her tribe and how she's like put to the side to mix potions and, and gather medicine. And she wanted to prove herself to be a hunter. I thought that was a really good story thread going on throughout this movie. It was like a coming of age story. And then you had the fur trappers come in later on in this movie, which I thought was an interesting little twist to it. I loved the right. look of this predator. I when the action hit, it hit and it hit really well. I it this movie made me hard. I don't know how else to say it. Like it, <laughs> it, it hit all the right tones. It was the best predator. All the internet praise is correct. It is the best predator sequel or prequel since the original one. If this was in the theaters, I would have seen it. Like I would have paid money to see this movie in the theater. I thought the cast was great. I like to give a shout out to uh, Dakota Beavers. It's his first role mm-hmm. ever, and I thought he did a great job in this movie. So this movie's about family, yeah. coming of age, a bunch of different things. Landscape was beautiful, beautifully shot. The, everything, the location was great. But man, when the action kicked in, holy shit! Like I was, I was all in. It was. It's a great. It's a great movie. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, especially when you consider the budget for this, I, I did think that uh, the CGI did work pretty well at times, especially when you consider, you know, what the mid 80s, you know, mid to late 80s version looked like where, you know, they relied a lot on that like thermal imaging stuff. They didn't like it didn't get great until it was mostly in full range, not in that camo walking thing. It felt like in the original movie, it kind of like got better as it went along because there was less and less of that, uh, the cloaking, the the camouflaging thing. But uh, this one, straight up, I thought was uh, pretty good, especially, like I said, when you consider the budget. Also, Shane, if you have it in your budget, maybe assless chaps for more predator, predator watching and predator sequel watching <laughs> from now on. Because... Either that or the ones, uh, the uh, the NBA pants with the the tearaways, <laughs> right. something, yeah. something. Just know know to prepare yourself. Is but all I, I'm I, I would like to also add before you get before I forget my notes, I do like the throwback to the original one, the the scene with her brother in when she's fighting the predator after they untie. I don't want to get into spoilers, but they also they um, say the line, "If it bleeds, we can kill it," which is a great throwback yep. to the first one. Also, the last scene where she's like pinned up against the, the tree or wherever she's pinned up. She's like, come on, come on. Like that's a clear call yeah. back to Schwarzenegger. Yep. And he's like begging the predator to come through that trap. I thought the throat, the callbacks were perfect. They were spot on yep. and it didn't, didn't feel like he hit us over the head with them. It just came naturally within the script. Yeah. And not in the exact same way either, but when the, uh, the bear attack, stuff that they show in the trailer so i'm not spoiling anything but when she's kind of in that overlap of like wooded kind of area whatever that is around the swampy area whatever it is that she's kind of trapped in before the bear kind of caves it in that also looks kind of similar to how schwarzenegger was pinned uh where the predator was you know kind of bearing down on him at one point in that movie in multiple spots actually in in towards the end in the third act of the original predator movie so I agree. There's a lot of great callbacks and the story is simple enough that you could just enjoy a movie like this. And it is, it's a great barrier of entry uh, with the whole uh, Comanche tribe, uh, a woman who obviously in this particular period would not be taken seriously as a hunter, but can obviously do the job. So a lot of that kind of stuff uh, worked really well on me. Also, 
No shout out to the dog yet, Shane, because the excellent dog work where it was not to the level of the old man, but maybe think of the old man uh, with the whole, you know, anytime it needed to have like a fight broken up with a excellent dog moment, totally came in. Uh, loved it every single time. Um, what was the dog's name? I'm try. I didn't write it down. Did anyone remember? It was like Sunny or something. I can't. I can't fucking. Yeah, remember. it does start with an S. I think. Sorry. No, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, S A R I I. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Or sorry. However, it's pronounced. Definitely needs to win like some good boy award, like some dog of the year and film award. If they have such a thing, I think they absolutely need to make it. If they don't, but between that winning the film version and then the dogs from the old man winning the TV version. I would be totally happy with that at the end of the day. Uh, Chris, obviously you you weren't going as overboard (laughs) as Shane was with, you know, how excited he was maybe for prey, but you seemed also genuinely excited. What's your history with predator? Were you like a big fan going in? Do, Do you like the sequels and where did this one rank for you? Yeah, I'm a fan of the original Predator, and I even like Predator 2, mm-hmm. and that's where it stops. Okay. Every, all the other movies that came out after, they did the one thing that they shouldn't, and they made it more complicated. Right. You know, the, how many characters are on screen. You know, essentially the, uh, the first Predator was like 10 little Indians, you know? One by one, they're being taken out. Yeah, for sure. Simple story. Yeah. But then the sequels become like, oh, well, now we're throwing this into the mix. And it just didn't work. It was it was a lot of uh, show, but no substance. Yeah, if they had better like storylines attached, maybe it latches on. Because the Predator is pretty simple, you know, in terms of its uh, construction. It's basically a hunter. You know, it acts like a horror movie, essentially. It's just, original. Uh, yeah, and then obviously it escalates from there, but like, which is a typical horror movie trope, you know, and that's why it kind of acts that way. But as opposed to like, say the alien franchise where they kind of constructed a better narrative around that. Cause you know what yeah. you're going to get once you encounter this particular monster or alien, however you want to characterize it. So yeah. you just got to create a better narrative. And I think that's what this one succeeded, whether it was ultra simple or too simple for some folks. I don't think it is, but I think it, you yeah. you like the characters and the setup better to get to the Predator, which makes it more enjoyable. Right. And uh, with this one, they went back to basics. They they made it simple. They made it this tribe who uh, are natural hunters, and they encounter a Predator. Yeah. The greatest Predator. And it was, uh, it, it was well done. It was, uh, you know, listen, if you're going to retread the original... This is a better way of doing it. Yeah. Like you said before, you know, they did the uh, the homages uh, to if it bleeds, we can kill it. Right. And, uh, you know, certain scenes that were set up. But uh, overall, it was its own story. Right. Which was done well. I have minor hangups with it, but uh, overall, I was entertained throughout. Okay. Shame. <laughs> yeah. Don't blow up too much, buddy. <laughs> I see that face. Not, uh, you know, it's an audio medium, but trust me, there's a face. Um, th- one of the things that a lot of people could say too, and I haven't really seen it a lot anywhere. Maybe people don't care as much as I do or whatever, but the original 
had kind of like a tracker as part of their group as well that was also a non-Native American playing a Native American character. So I like that this whole story is kind of like being like kind of comeuppance or a corrective for the original, you know, being that kind of 80s don't care whitewashing kind of thing that can happen a lot of the times too. So I think this is the best outcome they could have possibly done. And I don't want to make uh, too big of a thing, but especially for how often we've been talking about them, uh, this particular uh, this show has only been around for what a couple months, and we've probably talked about Hulu a lot more than I ever thought they would, and they got a slam <laughs> dunk with this one. Uh, and obviously that's coming off. We love the old man. We love the bear. I know Shane is watching Reservation Dogs. Um, you know, so there there's a I, I, we're basically just in Camp Hulu right now, right, Shane? Would you say that? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly right. As I told my clients earlier today, they're on the upswing with everything they got going on. Even though if you don't like the movie, it's not okay. They they released that as well. Like they have a lot of good stuff going on right now between their shows and their original movies. In this one, I think they knocked it out of the park with this one. Just based on the all the talk I've seen on social media about people talking about this movie and how much hype it's getting. It, it like this movie just propels Hulu even further up the chain for me. It, it, it's like I said, I would have seen this in the theaters. But before you uh, go on, what I also like about this movie, and it's a little change uh, with the Predator seeing everyone in the you know infrared and all that kind of stuff, body temperatures. Right. I like the fact they changed it from being covered with mud to her taking that medicine that slowed their blood down and made them cold. I thought that was a nice slick way. For them to stay under the radar of the predator at that in this particular movie, I thought that fit well with the time setting and just what was going on. It just felt natural, like oh, okay, this works. So yeah, Hulu, I salute you. Yeah, it's a very well thought out movie, and it shows that the the length of time that they went to kind of construct a a kind of a perfect narrative for a predator movie without getting too hung up with the lineage of all the sequels and and trying to tie it back to anything they did just enough i thought that you know it worked out well and shane real quick um i'm gonna ask the blasphemous question that i see a lot going around and a lot of people are putting this either number one that's right better than the 87 movie or the best sequel where do you land? Is this the best sequel or the best Predator movie? Because you are really high on it. All right. First of all, no, no. Nothing's going to touch 1987 Predator. I'm sorry. It, it, it can't come close to that. And you touched on it before. It's like a male-driven, testosterone-fueled movie. But there's nothing that's going to touch the original Predator. Uh, as far as sequels go, I would have to say this is my top three sequel of all time. All time. Like any um, franchise you're saying? Or just in yes, this franchise? I, no, no, no. This is the best sequel of the Predator series. Okay. But of all time sequels, this is like number three for me. After Godfather 2 and Color of Money, this is right there. This is right there with me. This is, is a seamless transition into the Predator franchise. It outdoes. And I'm a big fan like Chris. I'm a big fan of Predator 2. I like that movie and I'll defend it to I die. But... It is the best Predator sequel, bar none. I love this movie. 
I, I, oh, I love this movie. Go ahead. Okay. I don't know if you've been eating those orange flowers or not, but if you're telling me that <laughs> this movie is better than Terminator 2 or Empire Strikes Back, I will oh. smack you around, you silly boy. <laughs> I will okay, put you well, in a corner. All, <laughs> to the last, last I forgot episode. about Terminator 2, right? But I will take this over Empire Strikes Back. You're I out said of your it. mind. You're out of your fucking mind. I said it. Chris, please be the voice of reason and help me out here. <laughs> Where are you putting? I, I know you said you weren't too much of a fan post even uh, Predator 2, but please, for the love of God, <laughs> speak some sense. <laughs> you also forgot Aliens. Oh, I know. I, I, sorry, the first um, two that came to my mind. I know. No, uh, I listen, it was entertaining. You can't touch the original. I will say it's a good sequel. Right. Sure. Of the franchise. Does it fall immediately after Predator? Probably not. But it's been a while since I've seen Predator 2. Chris, it was and nice having you as a co-host. Like, um, <laughs> good luck on all your future ventures. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sorry, you're blinded by the testosterone, you know? Or the lack thereof, because I, 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 I saw a lot of that, too, by the way, online, where a lot of people are yeah. like, oh, you, you like this chick, uh, this chick movie, this, uh, you know, <laughs> just not liking Amber Mitt. I, I didn't understand that at all. She is so compelling with the eye makeup and everything. Like, she looks perfect for the part. Like, that is just so well done. I didn't understand any of that. And, That's just a lot of just... Even Jesse the Body went I'm online not... to defend Amber Mid-Thunder. Yeah. And I'm like, one that shouldn't even have to happen. But, man, you like to see it, though. Well, if it's a woman and a person of color, apparently that pisses off the internet. Yeah, that makes Twitter go you know? crazy, yeah. So, it's par for the course. Yeah, unfortunately. But, uh, no, did you notice, and it's not giving anything away, uh, towards the end... When uh, you see her with the tribe, mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot more female than male. Oh yeah, in that group setting, sure. Which I think is the antithesis of the original '87 Predator. Yeah, as opposed to one <laughs> woman, they just drag around for, for yeah, an hour and exactly. a half. <laughs> but well, uh, plus, yeah. all the males, the, all the males bent their demise throughout the movie, so there wasn't yeah. a lot left. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it almost seems like. Uh, It'll turn into the woman king, like right after this, you know, <clears throat> where it'll be just an all female armed guard situation, which I, I'm looking forward to that movie too. By the way, looks pretty dope. Um, all right, guys, yeah. we're 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 pretty far into this one. Unless anybody has like uh, other big points, I know Chris, you were kind of saying you had your detractors, but I also don't want to send I, Shane to a tizzy. Well, no matter what I say, is going to send him into a tizzy. But well, wait till I we get to say, grades. That's where I was uh, going next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I just wanted to uh I just wanted to say uh my my two hang ups yeah. was uh I feel like uh Naru was like she seemed to speak more modern compared to everyone else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I thought she was gonna start speaking like a modern teenager. It's like, oh my god, will you just <laughs> let me hunt with you guys? You know, she listen, I'm not I'm not saying that I, I want the stereotypical like, you know, Oh, we go get buffalo and this and that. Right. It, she seemed to speak differently than even her brothers uh, or her brother and her uh, her fellow uh, warriors. Sure. The other thing is, uh, like, 
I, I noticed some of the uh, the fight scenes were a little hard to kind of grasp what was going on with the quick cuts. And that's it. That's all I had to say. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it was, you know, some of the, some of the uh, action was uh, unique. I hadn't seen it before, and it was done really well. But there were moments where it just seemed like, what's going on in that scene? Like, the brother is stabbing. What is he stabbing? Who got stabbed? Right. There's green blood. And there's regular blood, you know? Is the green that, all it, it the was, excretions, uh, or is it just blood? Does he sneeze green? Ooh. Does he, you know, I'm asking well, all the Jason well. Lee questions from Mallrats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, Shane, you touched on it earlier. I didn't mention it, but I really did like the look of the Predator in this with the skull uh, covering and kind of that more, again, primitive hunter look from the time period uh, where it really showed the growth of how it would evolve you know it's the first movie that doesn't have his rocket cannon or whatever on his shoulder so it's it's primitive for him but it works because of the time period and how it's going i also don't want to talk too much about the french settlers in there because i don't want to lose our french listeners that shane is so fond of um (laughs) speaking in french what a couple weeks ago so i will (laughs) i will stay away from that a little bit although i thought that was an interesting ad uh, to the film. Um, but let's do scores. I already know where Shane is going, so I'll, I'll ask you first, buddy. What's your score out of five stars? It's a four and a half for me. It's a four, a, a strong four and a half for me. I was going to go four, but I didn't expect the added layer of storylines within this movie and just the way it was shot. Again, cinematography, perfect. It's a four and a half. Um, it's in my top, I don't have it right now, but it's in my top 10 for the year for sure. And again, I'm glad I brought it to the table because it wouldn't have been on our top 10 movie list for the summer at all. And being number nine, of all the stuff we watched this year, it would probably be top four if you guys were honest with yourselves of what we <laughs> anticipated and what the actual results of the movies were. It, it should be in our top four of the year. Of our list. So four and a half out of five for me. All right, Chris, what do you got, buddy? Shane, I'm sorry. I swear to God, if you don't go at least a 3.5, I'm going to punch you in your goddamn face. Well, I guess you're going to have to punch me in the face because I'm going with a three. <laughs> okay. This has been a good run, guys. All right. Uh, hopefully we'll make it to Bullet Train <laughs> soon enough. Because, um, Shane, I believe I'm at three and a half. So I'm above punch level, uh, but because it's a movie that I enjoyed, I liked a lot of aspects of, I can't really complain about it, but uh, maybe Chris is speaking to something that maybe I didn't have full grasp of in speaking. Some of the action wasn't great, and I know a lot of it is going to be based on the primitive stuff. I thought it could have been more clever with how it interacted, because that's what the first one did all really well. You know, it set up a million traps and it set up, it, it had a lot more cleverness to it or at least more obvious cleverness to it um, that I thought based on who she is and what she's trying to prove that it could have been a lot more. I actually thought her brother uh, did well. I felt like for a minute there, I was almost having the same conversation I was having with Nope for a while where, you know, I was like, yeah, she gets to be the big hero because they set all that stuff up. But the brother does a lot of heavy lifting 
for someone who ends up just being kind of, you know, I don't want to say it because it's a fault, you know, uh, spoiler, but he he has a different timeline than she does. She has a, a different arc than she does. And we'll see how that bears out. But I thought it was, and it's going to sound blasphemy, or at least sort of, I felt like they had a better dynamic than the Nope thing. But I have to rewatch Nope. I really do. But I thought it was at least on par because they set it up very well. There's a lot of instances where that dynamic is really honed in. So three and a half for me. And, you know, who knows? It can maybe live better in my mind later, just like I said with Nope when I gave that three and a half, where I was like, yeah, I could probably be a four pretty soon. Um, it might turn out that way. So that's where I'm at with that. Those are our scores for Prey, now streaming on Hulu. So check that out. And we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the number one movie, I guess, <laughs> box office-wise at least, uh, that came out over the weekend, Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. All right, we're back and we're going to talk Bullet Train, the latest film from David Leach, who is, of course, known for other big time, winky, uh, star studded action <clears throat> films like Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, Atomic Blonde. Uh, this is written by Zach Olkowitz, who uh, I noted way back, it feels like forever ago uh the fear street series that came out on netflix he was the screenwriter for the second one the one i liked the most fear street part two 1978 uh so this is his follow-up to that this movie is starring a whole lot of stars a ton of people that i like brad pitt as ladybug joey king as the prince aaron taylor johnson as tangerine brian tyree henry as lemon zazie beats as the hornet Bad Bunny, yes, that's right, the, <laughs> the musical artist Bad Bunny as The Wolf, Hiroyuki Sonata as The Elder, Andrew Koji as Kimura, Michael Shannon as The White Death, and Sandra Bullock, mostly as a voice, as Maria. This movie is about five assassins who are aboard a fast-moving bullet train when they find out their missions have something in common. Uh, scores for this have been a little middling, some higher than I thought they'd be, some kind of right there, and some kind of trash in it. So 53% Rotten Tomato score, not great. 49 Metascore, also not great. 7.5 IMDb, so that's a little more kind. 78% Rotten Tomato audience score, which seems to be kind of the, the divide with a lot of the action films. For, uh, all summer long it's like the audience has been way high the critics have been much much lower and a 3.6 on letterbox which i thought was kind of kind for uh you know platform which is a lot more usually closer to the critic score than it is say an audience score um as i noted this is directed by david leach we mentioned when we put this in our top 10 most anticipated films 
that Leach and the star here, Brad Pitt, uh, have a longtime relationship. Leach was the stunt double for Brad Pitt for a very, very long time. And because of that relationship, Pitt has even popped up in small roles in things like Deadpool 2 uh, because of that long-standing relationship. <laughs> in this movie, I thought it was funny. I kind of chuckled to myself that I felt like Brad Pitt uh, is, yes, he is playing Ladybug, but he also seems to be playing the role of Dante Hicks from Clerks as the entire movie has a lot of I'm not even supposed to be here today energy. Um it's a it's an interesting film that has kind of like a, a tone of wants to be snatched on a train, but I felt this movie was a little too uneven and a little too winky and proud of itself for me to enjoy on the level of anything, but it really has uh, a lot of commonalities with the tone that Guy Ritchie will like to, to send up in a lot of his more action-y movies. Chris, I'll start with you because I feel like in our pre- conversations that maybe you liked more out of this and I'm still trying to sort through my feelings so let me know how you felt after you saw bullet train okay I'm probably standing on a lonely island but uh I thought this was like smoking aces but cranked up to 11 okay uh also uh including assassins and and contracts crossing over and all that I know I've spoke poorly about like the gray man and movies of that ilk Mm -hmm. and this could easily fall into those categories right but i had fun with this one and i think it might be because of brad pitt brad pitt was just i I think having a good time in it everybody seems Uh, to be having a great time oh yeah uh i actually read something recently that said uh brad pitt is not retiring from acting because he had too much damn fun (laughs) on this movie okay and I believe it, but I love how he was like offset with the craziness. Like he's like very Zen-like. He's very you know, like trying to find his calm, and he's just a, a guy for a snatch and grab. He's not a a, a heavy. He's not any uh, renowned assassin himself. He's just a guy who's just I got this job to do, and I just mosey on through, and and chaos is just soon to find me. Right. And and, uh, kind of how you define Brad Pitt is kind of the difference between how I feel about this movie and how you feel about this movie, maybe. Because I feel like the whole I've gone to therapy and now I'm going to speak in therapy tone thing has been done to death for many decades that for this to be like the primary source of his personality felt very weak. You know, in terms of especially somebody who this is kind of the guy, this is the character that leads you into this movie and exits the movie. So he kind of is pitched as a de facto lead, even though this is very much an ensemble. And I feel like he's also the least compelling of a lot of the people who are on this train. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the prince is trying to take revenge uh, on her father for not being good enough for him. Kimura and his father have unfinished business with the prince and her father. Uh, the tangerine lemon thing have a very fun sibling thing going on and provide maybe some of the rare laugh lines uh, throughout this movie. In fact, I thought Aaron Taylor Joy, I, uh, I keep calling him Aaron Taylor Joy, Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> um, I thought was 
he was some of the best stuff in here, and I like Joey King a lot too. Um, there are certain people I thought actually worked, um, and I I really like Kimura and his father too. And, but the difference is is that the storylines that compelled me have a lot more gravity to it. So this movie needs to be, I guess, more winky and comedic than from what I hear even the book that this was based off of is. Um, and I wonder in a different world if it was maybe more faithful to that or maybe if it took itself more seriously or, or drove the movie through someone who's not Brad Pitt. Because if you take Brad Pitt out of this movie, you could still kind of make this movie. And that's not good for a guy who kind of takes you through the entire movie or is kind of, you know, your your lead, like I said, with this. So that's where I felt like the tone was very uneven and didn't quite take me for the ride that I was hoping to. Yes, that's sort of a, a train joke. Um, so, Shane, help me with this. Maybe be the, the guy splitting up this up this review where did you find yourself on the bullet train okay i'm trying to like just calm myself down because i want to jump through the screen at chris because it seems like he liked this movie better than the gray man which i won't even fucking get into at the moment this movie was fine it was it was it was fine it was okay i liked it it was enjoyable a lot of it was stylish it was a lot of great action scenes and like you said it reminded me of Snatch in a way. <clears throat> you stole my thunder there. It's very Brad Guy Ritchie. Pitt is okay. Yes, it's very Guy Ritchie. Which, by the but, way, so is Smoking Aces, to Chris's point. It's very much trying correct. to be Guy Ritchie, yeah. but that was in the prime of Guy Ritchie, so that's why I was I took a lot more offense to that back then. <laughs> correct. I To me, the stars of the film were Lemon and Tangerine. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I loved Aaron Taylor Johnson since Kick-Ass. And it's funny, I always forgot he was an English actor until this movie where he spoke in his native tongue. <laughs> yeah. I thought he brought the best humor to this movie. I love the storyline between him and his brother, uh, Brian Tyree uh, Henry, Brian Tyree Henry, who played, yeah. Uh, yeah, who played uh, uh, his brother, Lemon and Tangerine. I love that duo. They brought the best humor to the film. Brad Pitt was... Like, again, he was okay. He was a vehicle to get the story going. But to me, I, I did have issues with this movie because I thought they tried to go for the humor, which a lot of it didn't land until Aaron Taylor Johnson. I, like you said, uh, Andrew, I thought he put the best humorous lines to this film. Uh, Zatsy Beats was okay. I like the elder in this movie. But what I didn't like was Joey King. I'm sorry. I just thought she was terrible in this movie. Okay. Uh, but Michael Shannon, to me, was the most miscast person and slept walked through his role and just didn't seem like he wanted to be in this movie and his whole character, which like kind of sums up the whole movie at the end as the white death. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't buy him in this movie. I hated that casting. I didn't like him in this role. It to me, that was the worst part of the movie for me going forward was the whole Michael Shannon white death character. But I loved Aaron Taylor Johnson. All the fight fight sequences were awesome. I could do without the whole water bottle callback and what that went through on its whole movie. They could have edited that right out. I did for some reason. I, at that point in the movie, I was getting tired. I'm like, all right, so we're gonna see where this water bottle goes through the whole movie. Like, can you just cut that out? But I enjoyed it. Like, it was a good action film. I liked it. It was entertaining. I liked the cameos. In this, if we can get to that, I like the the, the yeah, both sure. cameos we saw. 
in this movie. I thought it fit and it made me laugh. But overall, it was a, it was an okay film. I was a little let down uh, about this movie. So, uh, you know, and Brad Pitt was like I said, Brad Pitt was fine. He was he was good. I'm not going to knock him for this movie. But Aaron Taylor Johnson to me, I was rooting for him. I thought he was kind of like the star of the movie, in my opinion. So that's where I'll leave Bullet Train. I wasn't impressed like Chris was, but it was entertaining enough for me. Yeah, it's. I still actually, I really love that Chris brought up Smoking Aces because I, I completely forgot about Joe Carnahan. And I feel like Joe Carnahan kind of just gets it and has now evolved into his own thing versus what he did with Smoking oh, yeah. Aces. And this is why maybe I'm a little disappointed in, in David Leach because he's now several big high-profile movies in, and I feel like he's regressing or he hasn't found like what his style is or his style is trying to mock certain things that have already been established and he's just not as good as the people who have played the game before him. So I don't want to seem like I'm shitting on this movie because I did actually kind of like it. Like I, I, or at least I was entertained enough for the time for the runtime that it was. I think it could have been shorter. I think it did end kind of multiple times. Like a lot of movies that don't know where it's going or don't have a, uh, a specific through line narrative does. Um, and I didn't feel like amazing when it ended, you know? Uh, Cause again, I'm not following that one guy who I think, God, this guy needs to survive, man. This storyline needs to land. There's just a bunch of stuff going on. And honestly, I could have taken or leave like most of the characters. And that's not something exactly that you want. You want at least if if Brad Pitt died, I would have been like, all right. And I think that's part of the problem. Because um, if I'm watching any of these other ones, I need that person I followed into this mess to come out on the other side. And I honestly didn't care. Shame well, also, they gave the bat they gave the the most background story to Lemon and Tangerine. I thought throughout this movie, so that's and why I care wolf. about them. Should... <laughs> yeah, and, like and the wolf. Minutes. Yeah. Which again was probably a minus or a, a, a in my checkbox because again they they hyped him up and what did he like? Like he didn't last very long. I thought, why would you go through all that stuff to make him? I di- I didn't understand that part. Well, so it made I more sense because the they needed to get to that wedding and with the hornet. I get yeah, I, I get yeah. that, but. For me, it's like they gave you more depth with Lemon and Tangerine where I actually cared about those characters. Yeah. And like you said, I didn't care about Brad Pitt. If he died, he died. That's fine. Great. Whatever. Movie, whatever. But. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I definitely cared way more if one of the brothers died because at least I know somebody cared for them within the movie structure and I cared more for them because the movie did a lot of effort into trying to establish them and gave them a little more depth, uh, especially with, you know, them kind of coming together as kids. They even went that far back with it. They did way more to serve those two than a lot of the other characters, at least pinning them as something to where I can feel more positive if they came out on the other side. Chris, you were trying to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, at least with uh, Brad Pitt, I feel like he was a catalyst for all, all the insanity that happened. You know, he got the briefcase pretty early on by, like, mistake. Right. And he's the through line. He's, you know, what everyone's trying to get through, and he's too 
I don't know, numb to his surroundings. Right. That he doesn't understand that he has something of importance that everyone wants. I, I kind of like that that worked for me. Uh, the fact that he was like such a, an aloof character, you know, due to the fact that he was trying to turn his life around. He was, you know, as you said, he's getting these uh, affirmations and trying to utilize them in uh, a job that really doesn't look for that. But also, I know that the movie falls apart if one or more of the characters didn't make it to the train. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it it's a house of cards. It, it all falls apart yeah. if one of the characters doesn't work. And the character uh, of the Elder was sort of like a, a diversion where you thought he was the the head guy he was yeah he was maybe more uh, tied into all this but in a worse way right yeah and towards the end they fool you with the camera actually in the movie itself they fool you with the camera they pinpoint a character they show that he's uh he's like this big presence with a mask on so you don't know his true identity and i i hadn't seen any promotion and when it comes down to uh, Michael Shannon showing up, I'm like, who knew he was in this? Nobody, which is like, the one of a big reveal. That? I actually I felt even kind of bad saying it when listing it. But what I will say about that, uh, and Shane, what? I don't know if this clicks for you. Sorry, sorry, Chris, but like, uh, I felt like Michael yeah. Shannon was trying to be Mickey Rourke when he can't be Mickey Rourke. That was my yeah. take on the Michael Shannon white death thing. But anyway, sorry, Chris. That's pretty good. No, I was going to say that. Uh, I didn't know he was in it, and I didn't know essentially his role. But if you look at some of the promo posters, he's on them. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute, who's that? He wasn't in the trailer. Why is he standing separate, yeah. maskless, with everyone else? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like People don't look at posters these days. <laughs> so it's, a good, it's good on I them because I didn't notice like that, that for sure. Yeah. And, and that's the same thing with uh, trailers. The trailers just give way to too much. I only saw the first trailer, and I avoided the rest of the trailers until was it they showed uh, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, finally, yeah. In the trailer, yeah. that essentially is the end of the movie. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? Why are you doing this? Which, by the way, her character did nothing for me. It no. did like if I thought no. Brad Pitt was barely servicing the whole kind of basic lead, or or at least kind of like you know, narrator or some kind of, like, person we're supposed to be the follow-through here. She is just, I'm here for exposition dumps and to be this kind of person he gets to at the end. It did not work for me. I thought that was the laziest and worst part for me. Shane, you've been trying to make a point for a while. I'm sorry, buddy. What's up? So my small issue with this film with Brad Pitt's character is I thought Dave Leach obviously directed Deadpool 2, I just thought he riffed from Zassy Beach Domino character and installed that in Brad Pitt's character as well. Because if you remember, sure. he had yeah. bad luck. So he killed a lot of people with not trying to kill them and things would right. just go his way, which is exactly what happens with Domino in Deadpool 2. She had good luck and things worked out her way. I don't know if that's lazy writing or just installing stuff into a character, but for some reason that kind of bothered me as well. When I was watching this movie with Brad Pitt, I'm like, okay, he just stole from what he did previously and just installed it into a new character. For some right. reason, I couldn't, I couldn't get over that fact. Yeah, even when they explain that it's, it's like uh, perspective, 
Like he thought he had bad luck, but it turns out he had good luck. Exactly, but he still killed half the people without trying to kill them, like Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. <laughs> Spoiler. Right. Um, yeah. Or whatever yeah. happened with the hornet and the wolf. Like everything just kind of turned out his way without him trying, which is exactly what Zatsy Beach did in Domino. So I just, I don't know, that kind of just bothered me a little bit. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about an overarching thing, maybe, and that's how we can kind of land this plane before we get to, to grades on this one. So I think part of my issue with this movie is that it does what a lot of modern action movies are doing where they're all being fun but not funny and action without developing why we're doing this action. It's just action for action first character development less like to where a lot of the older action films that I like are maybe it kind of almost goes to prey, right? Prey is a movie that we just mostly liked uh, that is simple. It, it gets you to someone is after something, whether respect for or for, by her elders, respect by her tribe, uh, trying to fit in in a certain type of world. And then the predator kind of enters that and then she meets that challenge and then has to go through that and get to the other side. That's kind of enough of a straightforward narrative that I feel like all the action movies now are just like, no, 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 we got to be more clever than that. We got to be more clever than that. And then they out clever themselves to where the movie is like glossy, entertaining in spots, fun, but they never put enough actual comedic people in here. Not any of these actors are are comedians or comedic like things where they've been comedic a lot before. Would that be safe to say? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I felt like I this mean, was a, uh, you know, Tarantino came with Pulp Fiction and everyone tried to emulate that. I thought this was like a knockoff of an action film. Like you said, I just thought, I felt this was a poor knockoff of another collaboration of directors who've done action films really well and blended everything really well. This was like a, hey, I'm going to try to emulate that and just didn't work on a lot of levels. Yeah, this is like, I was way more entertained. Again, even by late stage Guy Ritchie standards, I like The Gentleman better than this movie. I like, you know, uh, <laughs> most things that he's, I like the Sherlock Holmes movies better. Like, there's better stuff and more established characters, much better written. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I just keep going back to the same thing of like, it's, it's entertainment, but it's not a movie. It's like, it just doesn't, feel as cohesive or thought out which is crazy because again it's based on a book but I guess from what I heard is that you know the when Pitt got involved with Leech like they basically just said because this is produced by Antoine Fuqua and was supposed to be I believe a Fuqua movie before yep. David Leach and I forgot who there was somebody else signed up to be the original lead of this that was not Brad Pitt either where it was maybe more of an action thing um, and really like more gritty. And instead, once they got Brad Pitt, they're like, well, fuck, we have Brad Pitt. And also we have David Leach. Like we need to go to their strengths, not what the original lineup was. And I think maybe something got lost in translation a little bit, maybe when they made this movie that it turned into just another David Leach movie. And I don't know if I get into his style as much as maybe others because he's like one of the hottest action comic directors right now. Um, 
I'm not as big. Even I would probably say his best action, if you don't count his co-directing uncredited John Wick, uh, the original John Wick. If you go to like say Atomic Blonde, which a lot of people at least like say enough complimentary things about. A, that's less jokey, and B, Charlize Theron, I think, took took the mantle of kind of making it more John Wicky and, and making it more serious or what have you. But even that movie, I was like, it's fine. The action's good. I didn't love the story. I don't think he services story very well, and I think he's very slick. He used to be a stunt coordinator, so he's excellent at creating a lot of good action and knowing how to craft those things, I don't know if he's a good director yet. And I know that might seem crazy when he's had these massive blockbusters, but I think he's still developing that skill, and I don't know when he's going to get there because people keep throwing him these large projects that can't fail. He's not. He didn't get to learn on something small enough to be like just go back and make like a simpler action movie, you know, make like, uh, what was the, uh, the latest Jason Statham? Wrath of man. man. If he made something like wrath of man, I think he'd learn a lot more on some, right? Exactly. Guy Ritchie. If he learned from stuff, doing stuff like maybe if he did the guy Ritchie route, he's done his big stuff, scale back a little bit, get some good actors, get all that, but like hone in on making something, bring it down to basics and learn how to direct before just being like, all that matters is the action. I will get off my soapbox, isn't, and you guys can tell me whether I'm way off base on that. No, I, isn't that basically saying what Hollywood is now? That's the point. It's like it's, it's the uh, MC universe of it. The effect thing, yeah, where they should just like cut down on budget, make the budget simple, make the story the most important, and then you deal with everything else, or at least put the money but where no it should that. be. Right. Well, I mean, come on. Most budgets are like inflated to like money we'll never see in our lifetime. You know what I mean? But a lot of them, they make it internationally, and I get that, and action sells. Yeah. But we also did a better job of making me care by the end of these movies, too. So I don't, there's got to be a mid ground somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, that the action in this was uh, more visible. Yeah. Than say pray. Sure. I'll say that. Because again, I think he's better at um, it. And if you want to hear uh, a, a right. detractor for uh, Trachtenberg, he hasn't directed a ton. So he's still kind of learning no. too, but he makes good movies, like solid stuff that you can track all the way through. He, right. So if you want to have a detractor for him, he could probably actually get a little better at the stunt stuff or action stuff if he's going to play in these genres a little bit more. He was serviceable, and the movie succeeds because I care about those scenes, so I will forgive lesser uh, quality action maybe than I will stand for lesser story or lesser character. So what you're saying is a detractor for Trachtenberg would be teaming up with Leech. That tracks. No. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's funny. That, Does that track? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I guess that's kind of he where needs it's a collaborative. It shows a lot of where the priorities of Hollywood are. And I'm not saying these people should not get jobs. That That's ridiculous. Or chances to direct. But a lot of people who are like longtime stunt coordinators are now getting big-time jobs 
because of John Wick, and he was a part of that. And a lot of these guys yeah. broke off and now make big-time action movies. But all, just because one is successful, it doesn't mean we can all branch out and do whatever. I'll say the, the same criticisms are similar for Extraction, which was a big success for Netflix. And that was a stunt coordinator in the MCU that turned around and started making movies, uh, directing his own. And I think that the story suffers there, but the action's quite good. So it kind of keeps doing the same thing. And yes, like any other director, they'll get better with time. I just think maybe they need to combine forces with someone who can kind of show them the ropes or do something simpler to learn more and then build up to these big budget things. Shane, am I off here? Agreed. No, I, I, you know, I agree with, with most of what you guys are saying. Uh, but getting back to Prey real quick, I didn't have a problem with the action damn with it, Dan no, Tracken- <laughs> with, uh, Dan Trackenberg did. Uh, I get it where you may have missed some things there, but primarily being a newbie director, because, again, this is his second feature film, Let's take an established director like Christopher Nolan. Uh, he did a quite shitty job with action. He does not do action very well, as in Batman Begins. <laughs> the whole end of that film, you couldn't see what the hell was going on at, at, with the climax with uh, Batman and Ra's al Ghul. I thought at least Trackenberg did a better job with his action than Christopher Nolan. But David Leach, I agree. He is more action forward than story forward, which in some movies I can forgive, like <clears throat> The Gray Man. I can forgive that. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, I, I agree with your assessment on him. I Going back to Atomic Blonde, I loved I loved that movie. But it was because of Charlie Theron and how she committed to the action scenes within that movie, not primarily the actual story of said movie. But I thought she carried that movie very well. So I, I like David Leach. I do. But like you said, he needs to take a step back and kind of get the more story developed within his movies. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be fine. And he, like you said, it was his third movie, so he's still kind of like getting his footing down. But um, out of his, right, third or fourth movie? He's so technically he did directed, Atomic Blonde, Hobbs and Shaw, Deadpool 2, and okay. then this would be so, his fourth by himself, okay. and then he co-directed Uncredited right. for John Wick. So kind so of four and to a half. Me, yeah. yeah, so to me, this is probably his worst effort. If you were to stack it with the other movies that he's done, hmm. um, in, in, and I in think my part opinion. of that is that he got saved with Deadpool too because Deadpool the character was so well trenched. Correct. I think if Correct. you don't have Ryan Reynolds to bail your ass out, a lot of bad things can happen, and right. that and then that's kind of what gets you Hobson Shaw. But I, I, <laughs> I yeah, and Hobson Shaw was not great. Like it was, it's I won't get into yeah. it. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. But no, he does action really say. well, and I'll give him that. But in this movie, I wanted a little, little bit more than just the action pieces in this movie, and he failed to deliver that in most of his characters. So, you know, that's where I land with him in this movie. I just, I was expecting more because this this was number six on our most anticipated list of movies for the summer, and I don't think it lived up to number six, to be honest with you. Yeah, oh, and you kind of made that point. I don't. I, I, I guess we can kind of wrap there and then do uh, do scores and stuff. And I know Chris. I think you maybe have another point, but like, um, yeah, Shane, you kind of made this point off air. A little disappointing summer. I know we only have. I think what only one movie left for, on our list: Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yep, that's it. And then the other nine have gone. And I would probably say yep. we had one consensus. Like 
yippee hi yippee ki awesome you know with maverick and then you know we said a lot of nice things about nope so and obviously shane you, you you're gonna put the gray man up way higher than we would but um <laughs> but i mean for the most part thor love and thunder a little like it was down from our expectations the black uh, phone was fine probably a little bit lower than maybe our expectations uh you know uh this was lower than our expectations i'm really trying to do this off the top of my head uh jurassic world dominion was definitely a down note for you shane because that's how that ended up on that list um what am i missing shane but take a look at hustle hustle was our number 10 it was our number 10 movie, yeah i probably put that probably, like three yeah, <laughs> right now it was our, like yeah. in our top three right now so yeah that's crazy I know, and we and we forced that. We kind of shoehorned that one in last minute. We did with Prey. Yeah, Prey was number nine. Hustle was number ten, and those would be my top three outside of Maverick. Outside of that, all the other movies were just disappointing this summer. Yeah, definitely, definitely a mixed bag, and especially a lot of the big budget stuff that's maybe franchisey stuff or what have you, didn't really work. Uh, so, uh, Chris, you had a point before we uh, got on that tangent. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, as. As far as uh, David Leach is uh, concerned, uh, even in uh, Deadpool 2, some of the uh, end action in that movie uh, was kind of muddled. You know, so, you know, he's not 10 for 10, you know what I mean, no. uh, in his uh, executions. But uh, in this one, I just I felt like uh, each scene was uh, set up beautifully and uh, it it just... Like I said, from beginning to end, it entertained me, and I never really checked my watch until towards the end. Right. Because I was like, okay, this has to be the end of it, right? It's and true. then, you know, it extends it a little bit. Yeah. Because I was with it as it was unfolding, but then after a while, you just go, there's a lot of unfolding here. <laughs> there's not a lot to, <laughs> yeah. like, grasp onto. So once that started to kind of lean, started going south a little bit, they really needed more out of that ending and especially out of Michael Shannon's appearance. Um, and I thought it was fine. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I feel about this movie. And it's so funny. Uh, we were talking off air. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this movie. And instead we talked for a billion minutes right now about this movie. And that's what Chris said was going to happen off air, which is kind of what happens. What uh, If I have a, a strong feeling one way or another, I could probably hone it in, rein it in, whatever. But then it's like, all right. And another thing about action movies these days, you know, and, and getting off my lawn, uh, we'll end up on that take that's somehow. But there are yeah, movies that just, still uh, do it right, so I can't get too you're in the weeds. In your own thoughts, <laughs> you're in your own thoughts, and then the two of us come in, and it's just like, ah, let's pull that thread. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, we got you. Yeah, we got you exactly. All right, guys, we'll do uh, uh, our <laughs> ratings on this real quick, and then we'll get on out of here. Chris, you let us off. Lead us off with your score, baby. I'm going three and a half. Okay. It's not outrageous, and no, you know, no like I said, that uh, I the letterbox, the letterbox yeah. score right now is three point six. So you're not yep. in the minority. Yeah. Obviously, there are uh, fans of it out there for it. But um, Shane, where do you fall, buddy? Amongst us three, yeah. <laughs> as much as it seemed like I shit on this movie, <laughs> ultimately I did give it a three and a half because I was really? enter- no, yeah, I did. I was en- mainly because I was entertained. 
the action sequences brought it up another level to me. And I just love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I loved all the scenes he was in with Brad Pitt. That elevated it to me because this is a movie I could just, if it's on cable or network TV, I could have in the background. I could go it's do some stuff. It's 100% like, one of those movies. <laughs> absolutely. So and it's like you said, Andrew, I stole from you because I went through my letterbox grades and I'm like, well, I gave this a three. Eh, right. I gave it a three and a half. I, I struggled between the two. So three and a half for me. I gave this a three. Um, I feel like it's been in that same camp of slightly disappointing action movies that have come through this summer where I think I gave them all threes. You know, I gave Thor Love and Thunder a three. I gave The Gray Man a three. Uh, you know, I, I, sorry, Shane, you know, stay in your own lane, buddy. I'll mute your ass. But, uh, yeah, so I think it's just turning into that kind of summer. Um, and if you guys like action, also check out my, uh, my review of Carter from Netflix that came out over the weekend. I am now writing reviews for what's on Netflix.com. So go check those out as well. Um, but as always, I thought this episode was going to be like a half hour long. We wouldn't have a lot to talk about. And we are, as usual, an hour plus. So, uh, anything, you guys, we got bodies, 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 hopefully coming up next week. We'll see. It's in this weird rollout. So, we'll see if we can have it come out around our areas enough to cover it. Um, Shane and I started Sandman. I don't know how deep we're going to get into it to when we're going to cover that. But that will be coming up soon. Um, there's a few other things coming around. I know, uh, we'll probably reluctantly talk about, you know, she Hulk or any of these other ones that pop through. We got, you know, some fantasy stuff coming through house of the dragon and Lord of the Rings and some other things coming up. Shane, what are you uh, looking forward to the most? Um, as I talked to you guys off air, I'm probably going to go see Emily, the criminal this weekend with Aubrey Plaza. So that'll be I hope my... that comes out around here as well. Yeah. That'll be my contribute uh, contribute to the show next week. Yeah, yeah, contribution to the show next week. Thank you for correcting me there. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I have, I Chris, struggle with some what? English words. You know, go ahead. <laughs> hey, you could speak many different languages, but apparently uh, English will evade. English is that not one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go back to the Rosetta Stone setting on English for a while, and then come back to Botswani or whatever you're going to do for next week, Chris. <laughs> Leave that to the scholars or something. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I am gonna watch. I'm gonna watch uh, Sandman. I'm uh, I'm interested to see uh, how it's uh, translated, and I'm wondering how uh, Netflix will handle it. You know, being such a popular 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 property. Yeah, uh, they need a hit. We'll we'll see if they uh, do it. Yeah. Agreed. I know it seems and crazy when people are still talking about Stranger Things. So much so that I wore my new uh, Stranger Things uh, uh, Eddie Munson shirt, uh, Master of Dungeons shirt with him playing the guitar yep. from our buddies at Robert Barron's Inc. And Robert the uh, like 60-year-old grocery guy at the supermarket was like, Stranger Things, new season's real hot right now. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Apparently, every age level and everybody loves Stranger Things. So, But they still need uh, a hit, something to you know, entertain the masses in between that uh, for you know, Stranger Things 5 isn't going to be for another year and a half or something. So we need something to chew Some on. Hopefully, subscribe. Sandman is it. 
So, all right. So, looking forward to next week. We will cover a lot of those things, some of those things, maybe none of those things. Uh, but hopefully, at least Shane will be wearing no pants for one of them, which is a positive in our circles. Uh, so, come check us out next week on Recent Activities. <laughs>